Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Life will find you outgunned if you don't have an emergency fund. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? I'm drinking my mom's special. It is a Cosmo with specific proportions that make it particularly delicious. You said your mom's special? Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a um, Cosmo. Yeah, it's a, so it's... it's the, is it it's, your mom's special, or that's the name of the drink? Oh no, no, no! I mean, she, it's a Cosmo, but yeah. she she has tweaked it. We, your we mother did it. this. Just the recipe, her proportions. So they're, so they're particularly they? tasty. It's um, oh shit! I don't even know what's in a Cosmo. Are you gonna have to so, run and get it, Laura? I was gonna just gonna yell like, "Hey, Laura!" Yeah, what's the proportions of the Cosmo? What's the proportions of the drink? <laughs> I don't think anybody can hear what's going on right now. This is a train wreck right now. All right, all right, just, just, yeah, we'll start it over. Sorry, what, what, what is the proportion? No, I, I think it's good. I think we should keep it. Yeah, it was. I no. thought you were like right there. You need all back. Right? No, I think I'm, uh, we're definitely keeping this in. This is all staying in, people. One part, um, <laughs> the ruby red vodka. One part ruby red, ruby red vodka. Two parts cranberry. Two parts cranberry. Vodka, one part. Control, one part. Two parts cra- right. uh, cranberry. We'll the ruby red absolutes. All right. Hit me up again. What do we got? What's in it? Uh, it is one part. <laughs> it's one part control. Yeah. Uh, one part ruby red vodka uh-huh. and two parts cranberry juice. There you go. Okay. I don't even know what's tasty. a regular Cosmo. Cosmo yeah, I mean like. it's it's sharp, strong, tasty. Uh, it's everything you want in a. That sounds like nothing a Cosmo should be. Sharp and strong. Well, okay. So I, I like my I like to taste my alcohol in my drinks. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I like a little harder than that. I have like a sip of just straight gin in a rocks glass. Blue coat gin to be specific, mm. which is made in Philadelphia. It's an American dry gin, and it's great. I love it. Hold on. Is it a... Uh, what? Is is it what? It, do you think it's cheaper if you want straight to... Can you go to their like, factory? You know what? That is a good question. I've never been through the distillery, but uh, it's a... Uh, Distilled and bottled in Philadelphia, so I don't know. I have to go there one day. Actually, I should go there soon. Sure, oh, you probably get like a free tour, free tastings, get tanked. Hey, I don't know if Tra- Travis listens to this podcast or not, but if he does, text me and we'll go together. Mm, yeah, there screw you, go. you, Andrew, because we're not. You don't live near. Fuck you guys. You never come to Philly. You stay uh, up. I in, you came, came once. I've been up to. I've been up in New York like a billion times. <laughs> well, that's because everything. I'm going up tomorrow. I know. Jesus. All the good stuff, man. Anyway, guys, email us in your questions at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and send us in your catchphrases via Twitter. Today's catchphrase is life will find you outgunned if you don't have an emergency fund. And that's mm-hmm. by our buddy Tom. Our buddy Tom. No, Thomas Frank of collegeinfogeek.com and his Twitter handle is at Tom Frankly. Kig. C-I-G. CIG. CIG uh, in the house. Uh, you can send those in via at Money Matters Man as our Twitter handle. So today mm. we're going to talk about timing the market, the stock market. Mm. 
And we had the idea. And it's funny because I was researching some stuff for a video that we're planning on doing. And I found a book at Barnes and Nobles and I picked it up and I read a little bit of it looking for stats on the stock market. And it was a very easy read. Wait, wait, let me guess. And you found the secret strategy to always perfectly timing the market. I did That will get us wealthy instantly. Nope. Not at all. No. So disappointing. Yeah. No, it's called five mistakes every investor makes and how to avoid them. And it was a very easy read. I read about 150 pages last night of it. Uh, the first mistake, number one, is timing the market. So the biggest mistake ever. <laughs> and it was eye-opening. And in fact, I learned quite a bit. I'm what was the mistake, though? Is the mistake attempting to time the market? Yes, attempting to time the market, yes. Mm. That's the mm. mistake. And are you a market timer? And do you, uh, and let, I mean, should we, should we describe on what timing the market means? I guess. Yeah. So, so first, describe what it, it means. Here, you then... know, what's funny about this episode hmm. is that I feel like I'm going to be the one with all the knowledge about the. Well, stock also, market. I'm ready to. I'm ready to go to battle. Actually, are I you? Have some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're gonna see. All right. Well, it depends how it plays out. But um. Okay. So, uh, timing the market is basically the idea that you know when to get in and you know when to get out, right? Mm-hmm. So. The market, buy at the bottom, yep. sell at the top. Yeah, the market crashes, and you buy much as you can, and then the market goes flying up, and then you sell it, and you the make day all before this money. The next crash. Yeah, and then you sell it, and then you wait till it drops again. And ba- the idea is like getting in at the lowest point and getting out at the highest point, right? right? And people think they can time the market because there's predictions. There's predictions everywhere you look. If you're uh, an investor, there's there's newsletters, there's the TV like Jim Cramer, there's Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Okay. Yes, yes predictions. I did not about the stock market. I uh, may. He has I mean, a lot it's all of bullshit anyway. Uh he there's there's uh the Wall Street Journal has economists that do these predictions. And you you mentioned Jim Cramer, yeah? I did mention Jim Cramer, mm. yeah. He's a good one. He's a good one <laughs> in the sense that he has no clue what he's talking about. In, in that he's statistically almost always wrong. Uh, he's in the book. They and it's not in this section, but the book talks about how they somebody analyzed like one of the money magazines or somebody analyzed Jim Cramer's stock picks uh, between two, like a two year period. Mm-hmm. And they, he was like, you would basically get negative returns if you followed his advice. And then he wow. got all, he got all pissed off, and he goes, "Well, you didn't take what I said seriously." So they went back, and all the things that he quote unquote was joking about, you know, mm. uh, they went back and added those in as jokes, and mm. uh, it still came out the exact same. Like basically, <laughs> if you followed Jim Cramer's advice, you would lose money in the stock market. That's wow. the bottom line. That I mean, that must explain why he's so popular. Well, so that's sort of the uh, the argument, and that's sort of, that's sort of the problem actually, which is that. When people make bold predictions about the stock market, they get mm-hmm. more press and therefore more popularity and therefore, you know, you end up following them. And, and uh, because the, the, you know, the people in the media, they don't want these lame, you know, dry predictions. That's, they have not, 24 not, hours a day to yeah. fill with things. Well, even there's even like the newspapers, like the Wall Street Journal. They're, they're not fascinating. They're, they, don't, they don't grab eyeballs. And that's what 
the business models are of these of these media outlets is they want eyeballs so they can sell to advertisers and they can make money. Well, right. if you were if you if we were the media, which I guess we are in a sense, uh, and we said, and we don't we don't we don't we don't talk about stock picks at all because no, because we no, don't really believe no, in that. Yeah, and there's no point to it really, and mm. we we don't. What the hell do we know? Yeah, and you could listen to this three years later or something, and it yeah, be- exactly. Mm. Uh, but there's this uh, they, that they need eyeballs, and therefore they look for these big predictions, and they get a lot of viewers, and you know. People end up taking the advice and, you know, everyone – here's the bottom line, I guess, is everyone wants to try to beat the market. Everyone wants to, you know, make money fast in the stock market. Mm. The truth is is that the stock market is ready to give you this gift of a 7% return. Mm. Like it's – like if you just did it, right? If you just Mm. invested in the total stock market in like index funds and, 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 you know, certain – you know, just massive which, funds. Which, in comparison, just really quick, is mm-hmm. as opposed to investing in Bob's Chicken Shack, <laughs> right? And expecting it to, you know, become a, a multi-store like conglomerate. A, yeah, forty percent return. Exactly. You know, you're betting on Bob mm-hmm. and his chicken. Mm-hmm. Instead, you you bet on like the U.S. economy, right? You which, know? and it's funny because <laughs> the book, uh, and this is this really threw me by surprise. Or it wasn't threw me. It it. it the way the book is worded, it's just very easy well, to digest. As what a, threw you by surprise, like the fact that it was such a well written book, or was it like a specific thing? Well, one of the things that that really jarred me was the pullback. So you you look at uh, the entire U.S. stock market and the growth that it has had over the past one hundred years. We're talking about mm-hmm. from the nineteen hundreds to today. So like 114 years, right? Mm. When you look up close to this chart, it it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes way down, it goes way up, it goes way down, it goes low, it goes high. You have like big crashes midweek and then it recovers and it's it's weird shit. It's just up and down constantly. Yeah. But when you pull back the camera from this chart, Right from one day to like three days, or to yeah, you go you go from like three f- even five years, and you pull it back to a hundred years. The the it's 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 crazy. It just goes straight up, like the line is a straight incline, and then those little blips look so tiny and insignificant. So tiny and insignificant, yeah. And what these what these media economists and you know prognosticators do is they try to predict what is going to happen in the short term and they are always no i can't say always roughly 80 percent incorrect <laughs> oh, oh, yeah <laughs> incorrect and it's because Vast majority way wrong right and it's because that there are so many variables within the stock market that no one can predict the future well, I, there was this one analogy, and I, and I can't really give it justice, mm-hmm. but when you think of the stock market, there's you, there are all these banks, there's basically <clears throat> thousands upon thousands of highly sophisticated investors mm-hmm. with incredible amounts of knowledge and data and computing power, manpower, So, and they're all acting independently, each trying to get ahead. Mm-hmm. But what happens is like all these individual actors, when you st- it's like when you look really narrow and you look at the one person, when you step back, 
they all kind of act in concert, you know, but because they're all trying to beat each other, you, there's no way. As soon as you make a prediction, people read it, think about it, and the prices change, and it's already factored into the price. So they mention in the book there's these uh, – co- they mention a lot of economists like by name, and mm-hmm. they, they go through their entire history of their stock predictions and their just predictions in general of the stock market. And <laughs> like it's crazy how these people are massive, massively popular. Right. And people follow mm. these people. Right. Mm. And a majority of the time they're wrong, like majority. But they make such bold predictions. They make these wild claims that the one time they're right, they're considered gods mm. because they've made this like, ex- oh, my God, this guy is the, the guy who predicted the 2008 crash. Yeah. Turns out he's been wrong every time prior to it and every time after it. Like he's mm. been consistently wrong, yeah. and he just, you know, it remind. And when I was reading it, and I and and not being a baseball fan anymore, I used to be huge, but it it just reminded me of the like a, a baseball player who swings for the fences every single time. So he goes up to the plate, he just swings as hard as he can, and you know, hoping for that big, massive fucking home run. And when he gets it, the crowd goes nuts, and he's wildly popular. Mm. But they forget that most of the time he's striking out because he's trying so hard to hit these, you know, he's making these big swings. Right. And that's sort of how these economists are. And then not, not all of them. A lot of people like, you know, Warren Buffett, J.P. Morgan, uh, Benjamin Graham, like these these guys who are way successful at investing. Gods among investors. Gods among, you, you know. It's, I- Benjamin they they're Gra- not making these predictions. Yeah, Benjamin Graham is like the grandfather of the modern stock market and who Warren Buffett, mm. you know, basically... Learned from. Yeah, learned that was, from. That was his mentor. And Warren Buffett, what, second richest man in the world? Second, third. At that so point, whatever. it doesn't make a difference. He's fucking wealthy as hell. Mm. And he's the same. He's like, you know, you just, just play the overall stock market. The stock market is it's always going up. And so, in the short term, it, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up. But in the long term... It's always up. So why are you trying to time it? So uh, I, I just want to say real quick to, t- to tighten up the Warren Buffett thing. Then I have a question for you. Okay. But the War- Warren Buffett uh, actually tells his wife, like <laughs> yeah. when, when he passes, like his family, his wife, his heirs, to not even attempt to try and pick things, mm-hmm. basically time the market, just index funds, like that's the way to go. Just get in. He, he recognizes himself that he's an abnormal case mm-hmm. but my question to you and, and what i what i'm kind of expecting or waiting for i'm waiting for you to tell me uh that you should time the market because you, you were talking to me before and you're talking about going in in lump sums that's not about timing though so what is that about then? do you want to get into that yeah all right we've done an episode on dollar cost averaging mm-hmm. and there was a section well, and the, just to be clear, the point of dollar cost averaging, and uh, we won't go into the – listen to the episode. The purpose is to explicitly avoid ever even considering timing the market. Yeah. Mm. So there's a section in the book, uh, just a quick section, talks about lump sum investing versus dollar cost averaging. And the difference being that let's say you have $1,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, let's, let's use a bigger number. 
Well, we have to do math, so and <laughs> good and I'm a couple of beers and, and right, I'm half right. martini in. So yeah, or, or let's, let's, okay. Let's say you have one dollar. <laughs> say you have one. <laughs> no, no. Let's say you have a thousand dollars. All right. You can either invest it all at once, which would be lump sum investing, or you could take that thousand dollars and invest a hundred dollars for the next ten months. <clears throat> so a hundred dollars a month for the next ten months. Right. And what happens in the dollar cost averaging, which is why we've talked about it and we like it, is because you know one month the market will be up. And you might, you know, be buying stocks at a higher price, but the next month the market might be down. So you're spending the hundred dollars and getting a lower, you know, buy, and it just averages out over time that right. you're you're not you're not you're buying at high times. You're also buying at low times. And it's con- excellent and you're- for beginners to get them into the market, and it avoid it, it removes a lot of risk. Right. So so Vanguard did a study, which is what he references in the book, that lump sum investing consistently outranks. Dollar cost averaging as far as return, you know, returns or gains that you would make on in the stock mm. market investing, it always works. It's not much. I mean, it's we're, I mean, it's, it's a decent amount, maybe twenty five percent more. You'd make more. Basically, you would make more money if you lump sum invested rather than dollar cost averaging. So why? Why? Well, oh no, shit. Wait, well, you, you don't know? I yeah, no, I you do you know. told me before. I I now know. I could tell you. I want you to tell me. Did I tell you before? <laughs> You did. Now you threw me for a loop. You, okay, so I'll, I'll say why. Because oh, I do know why. Now I remember. I remember. <laughs> You're I such an asshole. I know. God, I know. I know. So the reason is because <laughs> shit. You're, You're like, right. test, you like, like testing me. I brain farted. Yeah. Will you? Will you tell me? I All right. Fine. I guess you know. I'll tell you. Yeah. No. Uh, so it's because when you take the money and you lump sum it in, now it's all invested. It's all gone. It's and you're collecting what's dividends off those. Earnings, dividends, gains. gains. There's, there's, there's things to be had if you're all your money's in. However, if you're doing dollar cost averaging, right, and you have say a thousand dollars, so let's say the first month you have a hundred dollars in the stock market and you have nine hundred dollars sitting in cash. Well, every month that goes by, that money is sitting in cash. It's not gaining anything, and you're losing all the money that you could be making from dividends and gains within the stock market. Now, you also could be losing it, but you really won't lose if you're investing in the total stock market. You will be getting dividends, right? It, so there it comes is, down to like the time value of money like, right. in the market, where basically the fact that you have more in for longer, mm-hmm. it's highly likely that you will then make more as opposed to keeping more on the sidelines and dripping it in slowly. However, there is a however to all this. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is that, uh, yes, you will make more money if you lump some in. So if you have $25,000 and we told- But just to be clear, we're talking about the long term, like not like long term five years, but like no, long, the long, long, long term, like when you yeah, retire. like. Exactly, like yeah. in now, lump sum, not till you retire. But there is a there was a caveat to the whole argument, which is okay. Yes, lump sum investing does produce more gains statistically. Mm. However, dollar cost averaging is a great method for beginners or people who are not risk averse. So, no, no, people who are risk averse. Sorry, people who are risk averse. So you you look at all right if you're somebody who's checking the stock market every day and worried that Betterment has gone up or or whatever your brokerage is like ShareBuilder it's gone up mm-hmm. oh it's up you know 5% you're like yay and the next day it's like 1% you're like I got to get out ah, I've lost all my money <laughs> if you're that person 
uh, dollar cost averaging, you should do that because it's it's you yeah. know there's no regrets. But if you are if you are not that you know if you are like ah the market yeah I know the you market's have balls gonna, of steel well, I don't know or, the, or over or ignorance steel. maybe just you know I, I know the market's gonna go up I know it's gonna go down and I'm just gonna put my money in and I'm not even gonna think about it if you're that mm. kind of person lump sum investing absolutely yeah right and personally I'm not that dude yet. I now after reading that I feel way more comfortable. Like I, I after reading that it it put me at such ease that you know what if I had five grand right now I'd throw it all into my Betterment account right the hell now. Mm. I wouldn't even think about it because I after I read that I felt like there was so much data and so I it inspired. The thing so much is, confidence. is because by doing the index strategy you've already. Removed so much of the risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're and, investing and if you in could, everything. You're investing yeah. in the big guys. So, so it's not. I guess the the point is that it's there's not the wrong. There's not a wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. And and just dumping it in, you will make more money in the long term. But it, you know just, what? It's what we not learned. Even that. It's not. It's yeah. It's more money, but it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It look. You have to decide what kind of person you are. And here's if you're the, the thing: like if you don't have that much money. And if and if it is very meaningful, the amount that mm -hmm. you have like mm -hmm. invested and just uh, we we quickly learn with the podcast and the blog is like a lot of people just are not in. So to get in, yeah, the least risky way is dollar cost averaging. Of, I mean, of course, and it's the most and it's the easiest way because I don't have I don't have you five thousand. Set it and forget it. You automate it. It's well, like I don't have five thousand dollars to invest, and if mm -hmm. I wait it until I had five thousand dollars to lump sum invest, that's. However long it takes for me to make that $5,000 in my savings account, I'm wasting all that time when I could be making money in the stock market. So that's actually when, I guess, lump sum wouldn't work. Right. I guess they're assuming if you had 5000 at day yeah. one. Yeah. But but if you had zero at day one, and it was if you're waiting to get 5000 to go in right. versus dollar cost averaging $100 a month, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if you're going to do nothing, you're an idiot. If you're going to do one or the other, lump sum mm. averaging – I'm sorry, lump sum averaging. Lump sum <laughs> investing – uh, That's you, Matt's new strategy, lump sum yeah, averaging. Lump sum averaging. <laughs> so $25,000 a month, just lump sum it in. No, it, it, and You are a fucking baller, dude. Yeah, dude. That's no, sorry, I, I derailed you. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> I don't have a big lump sum to dump into Betterment or to any of my... That's all I have is Betterment, by the way. Dude, That's why I keep mentioning it. You don't have $25,000 no, a I, month? I don't, I don't. So right. for me, the only way I can invest is through dollar cost averaging because I get paid by the month and mm. then I have free available cash to put into my accounts. So that's just how I plan on doing it. And that's fine. But yeah. if, but say here's the thing. If you're lucky enough to get an inheritance or a gift or or win the lottery or I don't know. don't, don't Especially uh, the fact that it's money that you didn't rely on in the past. Lump and it's sum like, that bitch. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Andrew has told people in the past to maybe, you know, drip it in. Mm. But as, statistically, it makes sense to lump sum it. So you'll make a little bit more. It, yeah. It depends on you know what your, I mean. And, and yeah. that's and that was a Vanguard study. And it was and it was published in this book. I'm not saying it's like the end all be all. But the numbers are there. The numbers don't lie. That's the bottom line. Right. I still believe in dollar cost averaging 100% if you're a new investor. Absolutely. But like, all right, now, and I'll give you, uh, like my mom, who is mm -hmm. not an investor, she has a lot of money sitting into a savings account. Would I tell her to invest it all in one lump sum? No, because she is brand new to the stock market. She is 
you know, and she's towards the retirement age, so yeah, the, so it's super the number is much more contentious. Absolutely. Where, whereas, like, we're like thirty, so you know, we have so much time. Oh, and by the way, this was all done in a fund. This was all mm-hmm. done in a Vanguard fund with a sixty forty split. What? By the way, the study that I'm talking oh, about oh, was done with sixty oh. percent uh, stocks and forty percent bonds. So. It's- it's even conservative. Yeah, wow. it's pretty conservative fund, actually. And then, but I think also the one interesting thing is so you, you may be thinking like, well, um, not every lump sum investment will work out because like you could have been – it could have been like uh, April of 2008, like the virtual peak. Right. Right? Well, here we are. We're, we're 2014, so we're only like six whatever. Did I do that right? Six years? Yeah. Yeah. We're roughly like six years in the future. And you would have collected a profit at this point. Like if you sold it today, you would make so, a profit. So they also uh, talk about the the numbers of they picked who would be the unluckiest people in the world to have mm. gotten in the stock market at the absolute worst times. So they picked you know somebody who got in right before the Great Depression, somebody who got <laughs> in right before the uh, economic crash in two thousand in nineteen eighty. They uh, talked about the you know the crash in 2008. I mean, they, they basically picked out all the major like crashes, you mm. know, or all the major, you know, bear markets. Right. And they like, even the unluckiest sons of bitches on the planet who got into the market at the absolute wrong time, mm. if they had stayed in the market, which they were assuming that they did in the study, mm. they would have been profitable at the end of it. So yeah, because so, like so if you he, think about so of the worst line, crash yeah. in our life, like mm-hmm. uh, we it would have already been profitable within six years. Yeah. Worst crash like that I can I was living through. Like. Yeah, and this is and this is bear in mind that we're talking about if you invest in the stock market as a whole. We're not talking about if you invest in one stock. You know, this is mm-hmm. this is if you're investing in you know the S and P five hundred, the Dow Jones, yeah. the entire like a, a big subset of the market. You know, Van, Vanguard companies. total stock market fund, exactly like, you know, those things. Better man, so yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And one of the things that was it. really interesting to me were there was there was a couple of things. So one was the idea of, um, and I want to pull out the. There's an excerpt from the book because there's there's four specific terms I want to bring up before we end this podcast because mm. uh, I think people need to know what they are. So one of the things that they mentioned were there. I didn't know this. There's something called stock market corrections, mm-hmm. and then there's the bear and bull markets. Right. Mm. These are important. So there's corrections that happen in the stock market almost every year. Almost. No, 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 no. It's every year. Yeah, I it's mean, pretty, it's pretty no, much it's every not year. even every year. It's every few months or within a month. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's it happens often. quite frequently. And what happens is the mar- so for some reasons, there's so many variables that this happens, but the market dips. It comes down, and it people may people la- might be taking profits. Who knows? Or something yeah. spooks people, right? It could be yeah. a new something in the media spark spark something, which yeah. is very common. The media is even bigger than it was before, and that the does... mar- the market is herd mentality. Oh, absolutely. So. so what happens is it drops. Now, right now, I can tell you that my Betterment account is much lower than it was a month ago. Mm. Right? It's not. I didn't lose any money, or I didn't. You know, it's not negative returns. Mm. But it's it's lower. It dipped, right? So mm. my brother, who had texted me and said, uh, "What the hell's wrong with Betterman? Like, like I'm losing my money." I'm like, "Well, you know, you know, technically you didn't lose anything because you didn't sell anything." Exactly. Uh, uh, number two, 
dude, <laughs> dropped a little bit. Calm the fuck down. Like, and yeah, we're talking about months. Yeah. Like inv- investing. If you okay, if you're a gambler, then yeah. we could talk in days, weeks. Right. This is for something investor, that you know, we, we talk in years. Yeah, you shouldn't be looking at your Betterment account or any account, any of your investments every single day. You're going to drive yourself nuts. Mm. You really right? shouldn't even be checking every month. No, you really should Check every like three months. Once a year. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. there you go. Because right? you know what? That, that's what investing is. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's long term, man. Yes, long. So, yeah. it was, so the idea of these corrections, they happen all the time. So, okay, just knowing that puts you at ease. It's, it happens like almost consistently. I mean, it, there was like maybe one year where it didn't happen and then everyone's like freaking it's like, out. It's like 1920 or something. Yeah, so whatever, some one year. Uh, but yeah, it happens. And they, they and then there's something called bear markets and bull markets. So bear markets being when the market's really low and bear and bull markets being where the market's really high. So, the overall so, market we're talking about. Bear market like being like people are pessimistic. Right, so, but here's the thing. So corrections- Because bears are pessimists. Like correct, they think everything's going down. Exactly, so corrections- might look like bear markets, but they're actually not. They don't go as low as bear markets as to be classified as a bear market. But then there are bear markets where it, the market drops significantly, and it could happen every three to five years, right? And mm-hmm. it usually does. And it's like almost like it's almost clockwork in a in a yeah. weird way. And then one, and this is boggled my mind. One hundred percent of the time, one hundred percent. Out of 114 years, when we're in a bear market, when the market's very low, mm. it is immediately followed by a bull market where the market is at an all-time high. Mm. How fucking nuts is that? Like, that, to me, blew my fucking mind. That it goes to the bottom, immediately <coughs> to the next highest No, peak. what blew my mind it was that it's 100% of the time. It's Wait, almost which, which is 100% of the time? The that, fact that, 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 that happens. That it goes from a, from a bear immediately into a bull. Mm. Nuts. I mean, pe- people get, uh, you know, afraid, but then things start like, you know, we were afraid for the past few years, but now there's like the job reports are picking up, like the economies. Yeah, everything's pretty much controlled by the media. Mm. And you really, and here's a few things, you really need to ignore it. Uh, uh, one of the things that they mentioned in the book are newsletters. So I didn't know this was a thing. Mm. So excuse my uh, naivety. But, oh, like the Motley Fool, like, these are the eight, ten best stocks. Yeah, so they analyzed uh, a bunch of newsletters, and they didn't give specifics of the newsletters. I think they did, but I don't remember what they were. Uh, and they're wrong 75% of the time. We'll use the Motley Fool as an example. Okay. I don't, know and I don't know if they're wrong all the time. And I don't even know if that's a newsletter. And, and, you, and you must wonder. I mean, I, I wonder. Mm-hmm. So here, here we are, and I've discovered... The ultimate wealth building strategy. And I insert $100 and in a year later I have $100,000 or whatever it is. Why am I selling this to strangers for Mm $19.99? Yeah, they say the the only way to make money off of newsletters is by selling newsletters. That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you you would, it would, if if I'm, if it is so good Mm -hmm. what I have. I just put all my money in there. Why am I spending my money building these things out to sell it to you for some nominal price? All right. So we've decided that timing the market is the stupidest thing ever. Mm. What is the lesson here? The lesson here is um, to not worry about you know when you're investing. I mean, obviously, you, it would be great if you invested when it was the lowest, but you need to get your money in the market. It actually doesn't if you, matter if you did or not. 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. But you know, if you're if you're concerned that you may need it soon or, or blah blah blah, um, the best way to start is dollar cost averaging. And so you start with that, let it go. You'll average out all the gains, losses. You'll get the nice, solid 7%. You'll track the average. And, you know, maybe in a couple years when you're just killing it and you see, like you actually see how much money you can make, then go ahead and lump some in because you already know. Like we're not talking in like a fantasy land terms. Like it's actually a real thing. And there, there's histories and, and yeah. charts to prove it. I have a few lessons that I got from this whole thing. Hmm. So number one, start investing today because every day that you don't invest is a day that you're wasting, that you're losing potential income and gains from the stock market through dividends hmm. and just general gains. Hmm. Uh, if you've ever said that the market, you know, oh, I don't, you know, the market's kind of shitty right now, or my friend told me the market's like kind of low right now, so I don't want to get in. You're an idiot. Sorry. Get into the stock market right now. Hmm. If, you, if you, if you have nothing in the stock market. And, you're, and that's your excuse, you need to not do that. You need to just get in. It doesn't matter if it's high or low. Just get in. Yeah. Because uh, you're missing out on all the dividends. Dividends are a thing. You get mm. paid. You get paid like actual cash back. Like that's money. <laughs> and you can reinvest that. Which, yeah. You get yeah. a share of the company's profits. Yeah. It's like, and that, again, this is all, and all right. So, so the second thing is invest in the entire stock market, not in, you know, do not become a stock picker. Not Bob's Chicken Shack. Yeah, and, and in the U.S. economy. And I, I, this, this like totally resonates with me because I don't have time to look at stocks and analyze companies and figure out and make my own portfolio. I don't want to do it, right? Mm. Uh, so I want. So to me, like investing in the total stock market and the in total economy, global, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. And that's if I could do that through index funds, absolutely fantastic. And I will do that. Index funds are the shit on fire. And if you mm. are afraid of investing in anything, start with an index fund. Like, just do it, mm. right? I want to pull out something from the book because I told you that in earlier in this conversation that there was a four terms that I read that your financial advisor will say, like, will will say to you, right? Mm. And there are just hidden reasons for market timing. Mm. But they're for uh, uh, oh okay I, I remember because you were you were telling me okay you were telling me some of them and and they're actually they're pretty slick because people say it like all the time right. and, and if I if I dare steal one uh, it, it was uh, rebalancing I think is the, uh, uh, just, just just tell me just tell me so hold on I, I'm gonna have to find it because now I don't know shit edit this out Matt. Uh, we. Because you know what, this sucks about the notes on on an iPad. Is that dude? Like, it's got to be an Evernote or something. Well, no, I I made all the notes right. Mm. All right, so seventy five percent of news of newsletters produce negative abnormal returns. Ah, oh, here we go. Mm. <clears throat> if you are ever talking with an advisor who tells you that he doesn't time the market, ask some further questions. Often they will try to sell you what you want to hear, which is market timing, but packaged in a different way. They will say things like downside protection, asset class rotation, tactical allocation, style rotation, and sector rotation. Hmm. They will all say 
They will say all sorts of things that imply they can regularly predict when to move from one part of the market to another. All of this is market timing and the evidence is overwhelming that it does not work. Mm. And the same thing with the newsletters. If there is a dude or, or a dudette that you are trusting to invest your money, you must wonder why they are doing all this work for you for you know this low, low fee of $20 or whatever they charge you, mm-hmm. and they're just not doing it with their own money. And why they're not just like super wealthy? Why do they have to be in this? Maybe they are doing it with their own. Why money. they have to be in like a strip mall fucking location? But maybe or, they are doing it with their own money, you know. And that's why they're not doing. They're not as successful as they should be. If they were to just, you know, here's the problem: no one wants to be average. Everyone, everybody wants to be above average. Everyone wants to make a quick dollar in the stock market. It's not a place to do that. I mean, it is if you want to gamble your money. Sure. If you want to be a gambler and you know invest in penny stocks and hopefully one of them will pay off, then do that. You're a gambler. That's all you are. But if you want to safely invest your money and actually make like significant amounts of gains consistently throughout your entire life as you invest, then invest in the entire stock market. The, the stock market, if you look at it from a distance of over 114 years, it has consistently gone up. Mm. Nothing else can – you know. there are individual stocks that, are, that look like that. Right, but you're not going to be the person to pick them. And if you are, good for you. But mm. you know, just remember that it's like impossible to predict. It's impossible the, to predict the market. The thing They're is, like, you could variables. look in hindsight at Apple, yeah, right, and you could say, "Oh my God, they blew up." But if you look at their past when they were really low and cheap, they were barely alive. Yeah, Microsoft basically bailed them out. Yeah, you know, uh, but yes, if you were so like clairvoyant to invest, then you'd be super wealthy. But if you Not had, likely. if you had a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and you traveled back in time, <laughs> then and yes. enough bananas and, and trash, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, that was the end of the first movie, but yeah, I get you were saying. I Mr. thought Fusion. the fuel was the no, fuel Mr. was trash. Yeah, Mister Fusion and the oh. yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I read that uh, last night. Got me all fired up. Wanted to talk about it today. Uh, I learned a lot from it, and I'm just happy that I am in a uh, investment platform that invests in index funds. And I'm happy to make my 7% returns every year, even though the book says 10%. I'm going to stick with seven mm. uh, because that's... We, we'd rather underestimate than overestimate. That, than say, like, just pick a number arbitrary, like 12, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so that's it. If you have questions about market timing or anything like that, I'm glad yeah, You didn't share. get the 12. No, you I didn't get, get the 12, no. So there's one person that says 12. Oh, Let, God, that's yeah. his I number. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, if you guys have questions about this uh, and if you want, you know, the, I'm going to put the I'm going to put this book when I'm finished it. I haven't finished it yet. I only, only read 150 pages. I only read the first part, the first mistake. I'm going to read the rest of it. I'm going to put it up in our toolbox, which is listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox, which we have other books up there. If it passes the math test. Uh, so far, it's just an easy read. It was just an easy read and it and it just it just put a lot of fears to bed. I think this says a lot, not not because like you're not able to read difficult things, but you don't have like such a ridiculous base, and the fact that it, you're just breezing through it. And well, you're I tried a lot, reading at says the, a lot. Yeah, at the bookstore, I tried reading the Intelligent Investor, and even and that was written in the fifties, dude. It's, that shit's tough. It's not easy to get through just because of the no. language barrier, you know, dude. It's, it's I'm like straddling that and Capital by Thomas <laughs> yeah, Piketty, yeah, another tough, one. and and they're they're challenging. No, this guy actually like throws jokes in. It's just a very easy breezy read Mm. and i'm gonna finish the book for sure 
Uh, so email us in listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. They're super important. And I have one here that's from Brandon in D.C. from the United States. He says, mm. excellent start and improves every day. Five stars. I found this podcast while looking for a replacement for the canceled APM marketplace. What, they canceled it? Maybe marketplace money. I listen to APM marketplace. Yeah, he, uh, he says every morning that for the. He said it canceled APM marketplace money personal finance podcast. Uh so I don't listen to the personal finance version. I listen just APM marketplace. It's more like general market. Ah, uh, okay. So he was looking for a replacement for that. I love the attitude and energy of the host here. Of course, they make mistakes, but they seem to learn from them, and they take criticism seriously. By listening to user feedback, Andrew and Matt are creating an engaging show that is effectively crowdsourcing best practices for personal finance out of a growing audience. It's well said. So it was very well said. I love the review, and you know what my favorite part was? Your name was mentioned? My name was mentioned first. Usually it's it's Matt and Andrew because yeah. I think it's like a speech convention. The short names uh, always come before the long it, names. Yeah, but alphabetically, but, Andrew but, comes before Matt. No, but I mean, if you think it'd be like you almost usually say the shorter name. I was reading something. It's like just how speech is. Well, then and, change your name to Drew. Well, or Andy. <laughs> no, but he went out of his way to put mine first because he was just like Andrew's so great. God, my wife's going to love this part of the episode. <laughs> She'll be the only one. And that's sarcastically. I was being sarcastic. I know you were. Uh, check out our website, listenmoneymatters.com, for more information about this. And uh, that's it. You got anything else you want to add before we wrap things up? Um, No. I, I think uh, I need to read that book. Sounds I will uh, not send it to you because it's on my iPad. I don't think you can share books. Maybe you can. I don't know. Well, I will. I will not. Not something terrible. Uh, well, I I have, listen. I haven't finished it, but when I do and it's good, I'll throw it your way. All right, cool. cool. Then I'll send. I'll send you the intelligent investor when I finish it in roughly two years. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Thanks again for hanging out with us, guys, and we look forward to the next episode. So later, Andrew. Later, Matt. <laughs>